This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Ashley. And I'm Lacey, and this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Kentucky discussing a mom who was going out for the first time after having twins. Then we'll talk about the lone survivor of the railroad killer. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the bluegrass state. Hindsight is twenty twenty. When something bad happens, we have the tendency to believe that we should have been able to see the signs and predict the outcome. Sure, this may be the case sometimes, but when it comes to true crime, we all need to change our way of thinking. Yes, of course, safety is important. You've heard us talk about tips and tricks, and we're not discounting that at all. But we also need to remember that anyone can fall victim to tragedy. We shouldn't play the blame game with the victim. The person who committed the crime is the one in the wrong, and abusers need to be held accountable for their actions. It's all psychological. One reason that people tend to victim blame is to distance themselves from the bad event and confirm their own invulnerability to the risk. It's a reassurance that it won't happen to them, but we need to help folks understand that this type of reaction isn't helpful. It can be hurtful to the family of the victim, and it can also discourage survivors from coming forward with their stories. The next time we hear about something bad happening to someone, instead of blaming them, let's show some empathy. In 2019, Savannah Spurlock was 22 years old, and had just given birth to twins in December of 2018. Yeah, so she already had two little boys, and she was only expecting one baby, and she didn't know she was having twins until she gave birth. How? I'm not sure. She was only expecting one, so it came as a shock to her. Stranger things have happened. I'm shocked. Really? Yeah. I've never had an ultrasound, so I don't really know. Well, they just, like, go over. I mean, you can refuse those. Yeah. Like, if you don't want to have mm-hmm. the radiation that they, you know, some people yeah. think, which, you know, whatever. But that would be very surprising. Uh, You're yeah. prepared for having three kids, which is you know, a lot. It's a lot. And then four, woo, all uh-huh. at once. Mm-mm. On the night of January 4th, 2019, so about a month after mm-hmm. giving birth, Savannah decided to meet some friends for a night out. She hadn't gone out at all since having the twins, so her friends thought she needed a little break. Of course she did. She has four kids. Yeah, she has four kids. I have one kid and I need a break. I know, exactly. So she she was outgoing, fun-loving, and she, you know, I mean, being cooped up with four, that, that's a lot to me. So Listen, I get it. Listen, mamas need time off. Oh, it makes sure. It makes you a better mother, honestly. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying go out and, you know, mm-hmm. do body shots off a sailor every Tuesday night, but <laughs> every now, I mean, if you want every to. Every now, yeah. She needed a break. <laughs> sure. And she borrowed her mom's car and met two of her friends in Richmond, Kentucky. So she left her car, well, she left her mom's car at her friend's house. And then they all rode together to a bar called The Other Bar in Lexington, Kentucky. Cute name. It is kind of cute. So one of her friends had to go to work early the next morning, so he did not stay long. The other friend she was with there got into an argument with Savannah over what I'm not really sure. I don't know how bad or Whatever it was. But because of this, that friend left too. We've got those friends. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, it's around 10 Uh p.m. She's still at the bar. Her friends have left. 
she's not there by herself, you know, so to speak, but she's there without her friends. The ones that she came with. Exactly. Yeah. What happens next is what we know based on surveillance footage. Savannah was seen leaving the bar and walking in the parking lot with two men, one white guy and one black guy around 2.30 a.m. In the footage, she's smiling, so it looks like she's walking with them, you know, on her own free will. Mm-hmm. So we find out later there are, there were actually three men, but I only saw two of them in the clips I saw. But there are three guys and her. So since her friends left, she didn't have a vehicle there. Mm-hmm. So she could have been leaving with them, maybe. This is speculation. Maybe because they said they would give her a ride back home. Right. Ride back to her car, whatever. They were just so. And you have to think, too, it's 2.30 a.m. She Her friends left at 10. So it's been like four and a She's half been hours hanging. Yeah. hanging out with yeah. maybe these guys. Sure. I don't know for sure. That's right. speculation. Sometime between 2.30 and 3 a.m., Savannah's mom, Ellen, realized her daughter hadn't returned home yet, and she tried to call her, but the call was rejected. But a few minutes later, Ellen received a FaceTime call from Savannah. So Savannah appeared to be in the front seat of an SUV. She was riding with the guys from the CCTV footage. She told her mom everything was fine. She was just having some fun with friends, and she promised she'd be home later that morning. Mm-hmm. She didn't give a specific time, but... I mean, you know, they spoke. Everything's fine. Well, even though she said she was having fun, Ellen thought it sounded like people in the car were arguing, maybe with Savannah or something like that. She couldn't tell for sure. But Savannah never returned home. By 8.30 a.m. on January 4th, her phone was seemingly dead or turned off because it was just going straight to voicemail. And in the weeks and months that followed, the investigators searched numerous locations and conducted multiple interviews in the search for Savannah. Her family and best friend knew from the beginning something was wrong. They didn't think she would leave her kids for that long. Right. They expected her to be home, I don't know, you know, like an hour after they spoke to her or something. Sure. It wasn't like her to just leave, especially with a dead phone. Yeah, just not like her at all. So because of the surveillance... The men who were leaving the bar were identified a few days later, and after interviewing them, police believed that Savannah was taken around 40 miles away from the bar to a house in rural Garrard County, Kentucky. So 40 miles. That's That's a long ways. That's a long, long ways. All four of them hung out at the house and drank. Two of the men that were there said Savannah was in and out of consciousness. Mm Mm-mm. They said that the third man, whose name was David Sparks, was inappropriately touching her. Yeah. So. So here's the thing. Sorry. Just because a woman goes to your house and is drunk mm -hmm. does not, it's not consent. Right. No, not at all. But I feel like we hear these stories all the time. We're like, well, she was kind of drunk and in and out. No. No. That does not mean Touch me, do all the things. And they knew, the two dudes knew it was inappropriate. They're like, yeah, he was touching her. She was in and out of consciousness. I could not imagine seeing, no. If someone can't even keep their eyes open. That's not Then it's just assume no. Assume no. Assume no. And this is even worse. So she was in and out of consciousness. He was inappropriately touching her. And they both left. The other two guys left. Guilty is, just as guilty as him. I'm just like, what? No. You knew something was weird there. You knew something Obviously. was going to happen. You knew something was going to happen. That's why you left. Yeah. So they both said Savannah was alive when they left the house, but they didn't think that David would hurt her or anything like that. 
Yeah, that's what they said. You know. So when they talked to David, when police talked to David, he said, yes, Savannah was there, but she left on foot of her own accord. So she left the house. You let her take off walking drunk? She left walking drunk, yeah. According to him. On January 22nd, investigators were able to search the home and vehicle that was located on the property. Forensic testing was conducted on that vehicle and the SUV that Savannah was riding with, you know, when she left the bar. So they also found a strange letter on David's bedside table. Part of it said this, quote, I simply don't care at all. I feel no true love for anything. Now that I know what I really am, I see a greater need to hide my true self, but I just want to be free. I stay in a constant state of aggression. Nothing seems to help anymore. I have a abyss for a soul that sucks every attempt to make myself whole. I want my family to understand, maybe just to excuse my actions over the years. But how do you look your mother in the eyes and tell her you were born a psychopath? That she gave birth to a monster, someone who wouldn't care a bit to squeeze the last breath out of another human, or plunge a knife into their chest and smile about it. My mother, the only person in the world that I never want to disappoint, yet I see it on her face every day. What do I do? Holy shit. Yeah. So that's sitting on your bedside table when a girl's missing. Not a good look. That you were seen with last. No. And so the police questioned him about this, and he said that he suffered from anger issues and depression, but he hadn't killed anyone or anything, and that it had nothing to do with Savannah. Well, when investigators searched David's home, they also noticed that the house looked like it had been recently cleaned, but in a strange way. So several of the walls had the bottom half wiped down, not the top. So like half the wall was super clean. Mm -hmm. The rest wasn't. Mm -hmm. So just kind of strange someone wouldn't clean the top. Well, blood spatter was also found on some of the walls, including inside of David's bedroom closet. In the months that passed, Savannah's family announced a $15,000 reward for the first tip that would help with the investigation. Her mom, Ellen, spoke to news outlets and said she was praying that the reward would help give those answers. She said, I have to tell myself, prepare myself, that Savannah is no longer with us. After five and a half months, it's not looking good. Oh, that's terrible. I know. So months and months had passed and there was just nothing. Well, on July 10th, 2019, Savannah's body was found buried inside a shallow grave on David Sparks' family's farm. David's father was digging in a strawberry patch, and he uncovered something with a strong smell. And he called the police, and then they uncovered Savannah's nude body wrapped inside of a rug in the grave. So since so much time had passed, the medical examiner was not able to know for sure what the cause of death was. In one of the reports, an investigator noted that the evidence of some types of trauma, such as asphyxiation, could have been destroyed by the passage of time. Around the same time Savannah's body was found, David Sparks showed up to the Richmond Police Department without being asked to. He locked his keys in his car and told the police right away he would need a public defender. After he was arrested, he didn't do himself any favors. While he was in jail, a guard found some drawings in his cell depicting two women, one naked and the other bound. He had drawn these? Mm-hmm. In his cell. No, don't do that. So David Sparks, who was 25 at the time, ended up pleading guilty to murder, tampering with physical evidence, 
and the abuse of a corpse in connection with the death of Savannah Spurlock. In a plea agreement with prosecutors, he entered a guilty plea in exchange for a 50-year sentence for murder and a five-year sentence for abuse of a corpse. He will be eligible for parole after serving 20 years of a sentence. Shaq Smith, the father of three of Savannah's children, told WHAS 11 he wished David had been sentenced to more time for killing her. He said, I feel like it's a relief for everyone who is close to Savannah that there will be no trial to sit through, but to me, justice wasn't served. Right. Got most of my info from People, True Crime Society blog, and LAX18 News. And there's a Facebook page called Remembering Savannah, where loved ones share photos of Savannah and their memories together. But they also post about case updates and other cases of missing persons, a lot of whom are in Kentucky. And you can really tell how much people love you can tell how much people loved her, you know. He he never said why he did it. They still to this day don't have their why. They just know he did. He it. killed her, but that's it. That's all they know. You know, not to say too much. Oh boy. I mean, I was single for a long time. Mm-hmm. And and look, here I am, single again. But I'm saying like in my twenties. What she did was not out of the norm for no. for me to do or my sisters to do. I've got two sisters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or my friends to do. Like you, you had too much to drink. People want to leave. You want to hang out. You end up meeting somebody. You leave with them. You go somewhere else and have drinks. Like it happens. It still happens have- all the time. Yeah. And it's like you hear these stories like this and you're like, holy shit. That could have been me. 500 times. Yeah. My intro wasn't to lecture our listeners, but it's like, I was, as I was looking online about stuff like this, I would see a lot of comments on articles on Facebook, you know, that Mm -hmm. were like, well, she should have stayed home and did, you know what I'm like? No. Everybody deserves it. Like someone killed her. She didn't do, like, she did nothing wrong. She didn't ask for this. No, she didn't ask for it. She she obviously didn't know something bad would happen. No. And so it's just, feel terrible for her. I'm she's 22. Yeah, you I'm not saying she's everyone's 22. naive, but you know, you're you're more trusting or at least I was. I was doing that shit at 27, 28, 41. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but yeah. I'm serious. Like you mm-hmm. you hear these stories and it makes you go, how many times did I put myself in the situation where that very thing could have happened to me. Exactly. And something to think about too is not because I deserved it or because I was being a slut or I right. was drunk and that doesn't give a psychopath a pass to murder somebody. Right. And in the footage you can see she's smiling with him. Yes. She's, you can tell nothing at least to her had happened that was that iffy or anything. But think about it. She was alone in that bar from ten to two thirty. They could have been in there the whole time. She felt like they were becoming friends. You know, it's you just, meet strangers. You all meet the strangers, time. become friends. It's not like it was two seconds and she's leaving. And I don't know. It's just it's one. It's a reminder that it can happen to anyone. Anybody. I mean, regardless of the situation or how good that you think you, yeah, you know, and you can do everything right, right. Like 
She did. She did nothing that no. It's just five hundred twenty-two year olds aren't doing. Oh, hundred percent tonight. Hundred percent, and just people online like it's like when you blame someone for what they did, you're taking it off of like in this case, David Sparks. Well, don't freaking touch women and rape women or try to rape women or kill people. Well, and not that um, right? And I'm not. I'm not saying anything about his two friends that left, but they probably really didn't think. You know what? He, she's drunk. He's drunk. He may get a little whatever. We're gonna leave and give him. You know. Yeah. Uh, they probably really didn't think. Okay, and he's also going to fucking murder her. Yeah, and I did read reports where they had said that they talked to him and said, "Hey, whatever happened, just tell people, just speak the truth." Blah blah blah. So, I, from my take on it, I don't think they. No. I don't think they thought. Oh yeah, he's gonna kill people, or he's gonna. He's kill gonna kill someone. her. We better skid out of here. It's just, it's, it's, it's a terrible, that sucks because like I literally am thinking about all the times and I'm sure, you know, our listeners are doing the same thing. Like how many times has that been me? Yeah. And people are just commenting like, well, I, and it's like, okay, well maybe you would never do this, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean other people You're not everyone. It's just. I would totally have done exactly what she did and not think twice about it. My friend Kim that listens. Hi, Kim. (laughs) But I remember one time I was like 25 and I met this guy from like the Netherlands. We were out in Memphis and I wanted to go with him. And I almost mm-hmm. literally got into a fight with her because she would not let me go. And she's like, you don't know him. Mm-hmm. He's a stranger. We've all had too much to drink. And as we're arguing, she called a cab and put him in a cab and sent him away. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Like, That's I was so level. mad at her. But, <laughs> you know, looking back, I'm like, thank you. Yeah. In your logical, in sober, logical sense, you're sober like, sense, yes, something yes. could have happened. Doesn't mean it would have, but it's – Maybe not. But it's probably like in this not. Case, but in this case, she didn't think that it would happen either. And her first night out after having twins. I know. It's just this- but in the group, they post pictures of the kids and so sad. updates, and it is just sad. It's and now her, you know, all four of her babies had to grow up without a mama because some exactly. piece of shit psycho. So sad, and he. I mean, bless her heart, bless her parents' heart. I know, and her obviously her children, but her friends that left her. You know, you they probably know had. That of course, they didn't oh, yeah. mean anything by no. that. No, no, but you know, they probably think about this every day. And people want to know why I'm Mama Mama Hen at the bar. <laughs> Lacey is legit Mama Hen. She's like, no, you go sit I'm down. Bossy. No more I'm drinks. Mean. Give me your keys. Don't text that guy. <laughs> I'm like, I want to be like, listen to more true crime. It happens. It's it's scary. It's very not, scary. I'm not doing this or telling the story to scare people, but you know, just. As as we're on the cusp of our Vegas trip, is that why you did I'm sending this as a reminder to Ashley. No. She's also making all of us turn our locations on. <laughs> I really hate this story. So let's take a break. Let's take a break. Let's refresh our drinks. Yes. Okay. Should we crack into your case? Let's do it. In the summer of 1997, 20-year-old Holly Dunn was a junior at the University of Kentucky where she was a member of a sorority and was majoring in finance. Holly decided to take some summer classes, so her and a few friends decided to rent an apartment instead of going back to Ohio, where she was from. So one night, while she was out celebrating one of her roommate's 21st birthday, 
she meets a guy named Chris Meyer. He's a good-looking guy. He's 6'5". Six 6'5". Five. Six five. That's tall. Yeah. You know, I like him tall. <laughs> we do. We do. Also, he was a junior at the University of Kentucky and a fraternity guy. He's a cool, laid-back dude. In fact, the two actually started talking when Chris noticed that they had the same toenail polish on. Oh. So he okay. had two roommates who were girls, uh-huh. and they painted his toenails, and he let them, and they both had silver. Him and Holly had silver on their toes. Interesting. So, so that was his pickup line, which is super cute. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's I haven't heard of that one. That's cute. Like that's cute. So the next night, they had a party at their house, and Chris came with some of his friends, and the two spent the night talking, getting to know each other. And before long, the two were dating. So Chris went away on a trip one weekend and bought Holly a silly little plastic flower ring Mm -hmm. out of one of those little machines. Yeah, that's cute. And she adored it. So cute. So cute. So I'm just saying, it was kind of that young college, you know, love. So... So on the night of August the 28th, Chris's fraternity was having a party and Holly goes with him. After a while, the two decide they want to go for a walk. So they take off to the railroad tracks that are behind, you know, it's it's pretty close to where their their fraternity house was. Two of his friends decide to join them. They pack a backpack full of beers and they're all just hanging out, waiting for a train to come by. After about an hour, no trains. And the two friends decide to head back to the party. Chris and Holly stay, play a little kissy face, talk a little while, and then they decide sure. they're going to head back too. So all of a sudden, this man approaches them from behind. He's about 5'3", dark hair, glasses, thin mustache. He's been hiding and watching them the whole time. Oh my gosh. Terrifying, right? Yeah. So he demands money, and they basically tell him, look, we're college kids. We don't have have any fucking money. But if you let us, we'll go get you some and bring it back. Just let us go. Yeah, for real. So he's going through their backpack and all this stuff, and Chris notices he has an ice pick in his hand. And so he's telling Holly, like, stay calm. Just Let's just cooperate, you know, whatever. So the man ties their hands behind their back. Chris's with the strap from the backpack, and he makes Holly take her belt off and ties her hands up with her belt. So they're compliant. They're not fighting back. The man grabs Chris and drags him over to the grass through the gravel, broken glass, all the shit beside a railroad track. You know, that this, stuff looks terrible. This guy's got to be pretty strong. If he's 5'3", Chris is 6'5", mm-hmm. and he can still, right. you know, but, I mean, he's being super compliant. You know, he knows this guy has a weapon. Yeah. He's got Holly with right. him. And he's he's a he's a laid back. He's not like some roughneck. Oh, yeah, yeah. And maybe know. he didn't want to escalate the situation. He doesn't want to escalate the situation. So, mm-hmm. you know, the whole time he's telling him, just let's let Holly go. Just let her go. Yeah. Please just don't hurt her. Which just <sighs> breaks my heart. So, Holly's kind of hopping and crawling along behind them to stay with Chris. Which is awful. Anyways, so now Holly and Chris are laying face down on the grass with their arms bound behind them. 
The man keeps going up the hill from where they are, walking back. What? Like he's pacing. Yeah. You know, he told him he has a friend with him and he's coming back at any time. So they, you know, they're like, there's, there's another guy. Hmm. Like, this is not good. So on one of these trips back down the hill, he grabs a shirt and rips it into pieces, ties it around their legs and around their mouth like a gag. Holly sticks her tongue out so it won't be too tight. It's good thinking. It's great thinking. I wouldn't think of that. And she's also trying to untie herself every time he walks away. Yeah. And she succeeds once and manages to get their gags off. But the guy comes back. He's yeah. pissed. He reties them and tells them, you know, I've got a gun. And if you do this again, I'm going to fucking kill you. So he walks away again. This time when he returns, he has a 52-pound rock. <clears throat> yeah. He walks up to Chris, stands over him, and drops it what? on his head, crushing his skull. Can you imagine? I mean, it's it's awful to see something like that on TV, but to be laying beside your no. boyfriend, oh, the man. guy that you you love. Anyways, he then turns his attention to Holly. He begins to untie her feet, telling her he's gonna he, I'm gonna rape you. And the man begins to attack her, snatching her pants off, and Holly oh. is fighting back. She's scratching and clawing and digging her fingernails into his skin, into the ground, anything and everything she can to leave a sign that she was there in case he decides to take her to another location. So as she's doing all this fighting, the man stabs her in the neck and says, look, do you see how easy it is? How easy I could kill you? I know. At one point, she hears Chris kind of gurgling and asks the man, will you turn his head sideways so he doesn't choke? Ugh. The man's like, he's he's dead. Don't worry about him. So the whole time this attack and rape are going on, Holly's talking to this guy. She tells him her name. Not her real name. She tells him like a fake name. Mm -hmm. She's begging for her life. She's talking about her family. Like anything to mm -hmm. humanize herself to the psycho. And then she's like, I'm going to die. Like, I'm, I'm going to die. Yeah. But she's not giving up. Like, she's fighting back. So when the attack is finally over, she asks the man, will you just pull my pants back up so when they find my body that I'm not exposed? Oh, my gosh. It's awful. It makes me, yeah, oh, God, it's so just. Sad. So she thinks this has worked. He pulls her pants up, and she's like, okay, maybe he's going to let me go. <sighs> nope. He goes and grabs a board or a piece of wood of some sort and begins beating her. No. He hits her in the face. She turns over. He continues hitting the back of her head until she's just not moving. So he's like, she's dead. And honestly, she should have been. Mm -hmm. He steals one of the rings off of her fingers, gathers a bunch of branches and leaves up and covers hers and Chris's body before he leaves. So Holly is in and out of consciousness she gets up and starts walking towards a light in the distance, which is an off-campus house. She walks right up to the door, opens it, barges in. There's a guy up that goes to college there, and he's studying. And she is hysterical. She's screaming at him, telling him she's been raped. Her friend's still out there. 
her jaw is broken and yeah. is like hanging off of her face. <sighs> and the strip of cloth used for a gag is still around her neck. So the guy cuts it off, calls 911, and is sitting with Holly, like trying to yeah, that's keep her calm. The cops are on their way. So police get there and the EMTs, and she's not even concerned with herself. Like she's screaming at them, like, my friend is down there. You need to go, you know, get him. So they go, you know, find Chris, and he is declared dead at the scene. Holly's transported to the hospital. She's treated for a broken jaw, broken eye socket, stab wound to her neck, and other non-life-threatening injuries. They do a rape kit, give her an emergency contraception, and wire her mouth shut and staple her head injuries. Like, she is a mess. So she's in the hospital for several days and actually misses Chris's funeral services. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. Detectives come to the hospital, ask her questions, take a report, and they are treating this as a random, isolated attack. Yeah. A press conference is held, and they tell the public, you know, there's no need to panic. There's no danger. This was just a, you know. So Chris's family puts up a $10,000 reward, and an anonymous donor adds another 10000 for any wow. information. So Holly is suffering majorly from survivor's guilt. Like, if I would have got him free, maybe he would have. A lot of what ifs. A lot of, a lot of what ifs. If I would have done this or that. And Mm. she felt like Chris's family blamed her and hated her. Of course they didn't. Yeah. They actually gave her some of Chris's ashes. Oh my God. I know. I know. And the two had hand painted like the silly picture together one night when they were hanging out. Mm -hmm. And they used that on the cover of the memorial pamphlet at his service. I know it's so heartbreaking. So Holly goes back to her hometown to heal for a few months and her sorority sisters come down every weekend mm-hmm. to just kind of, you know, help yeah. her, help her through Gosh. it. So the man who attacked her and murdered Chris is on the run. They have no suspect and the DNA that they got off of her body was sent through CODIS, and there's no match. And she's worried he's going to come back. Oh, I would too, for sure. Because she survived. Yeah. She's so tall. She, yeah. So she's paranoid. She's sleeping with a butcher knife. Oh, my gosh. She keeps her friends and family close and around her at all times. Mm-hmm. She eventually starts going to therapy and counseling to help her cope yeah. with all the trauma. So it would be two years of this before she finally got any answers. Two years Mm -hmm. just of this guy being on the loose. Uh Okay, wow. So in December of 1998, a pediatric neuro researcher, Claudia Benton, was found in her Houston home, raped and beaten till she was unrecognizable. She was stabbed with a butcher knife from her kitchen and beaten with a bronze statue. Thank God her husband and children were out of town that weekend. So weeks later, a preacher and his wife were found murdered in their home, also in Texas, beaten to death with a sledgehammer from oh their my from their house. And she had been raped as well. It's always strange to me when the murder weapons are things at the scene. Yeah. It's almost like they just use what's available. Exactly. Instead of Which is horrifying. Because they know they're going to murder someone, Mm -hmm. I would think, at this point. Mm -hmm. But they're using what they can find. 
So these three murders are linked through DNA to the DNA of Holly's case. So who is this maniac? Ralph Resendez Ramirez or Angel Resendez. But he has more than 30 aliases and is known as the railroad killer. A serial killer that is suspected of killing as many as 23 people across Mexico and the U.S. during the 90s. Most of his crimes were committed near railroads where he would jump on and off trains and use them to travel across the country. Holly was the only one of his victims to survive. Wow. So in June of 1999, he was listed on FBI's 10 Most Wanted And he surrendered less than a month later to Texas authorities. He was in Mexico and turned himself over to authorities, walked across the border. That's strange for a serial killer to do. Okay. I mean, I'm glad, but. Right. So he he would hide out in Mexico. Well, I mean, he was already there. So, so he tried to plead insanity, but his crimes were too thought out. I read a lot about his childhood and stuff and it, he had, of course, he had a terrible childhood and had several traumatic injuries to his head. Mm-hmm. Like, he was dropped on his head when he was an infant, like a newborn. He fell off a building when he was three years old and landed on his head. I mean, it tracks. I'm just saying. I mean, look at the Night Stalker. He had similar things happen to him growing up. Yeah. Like, he was hit in the head several times, once with a freaking swing, like, hard. I don't know. You hear about these stories where they have these traumatic brain injuries. I mean, look at the the wrestlers or the football players that end up murdering their families and themselves. And then they do the autopsy and look at their brains. And they're like, yeah, that was fucked. Yeah. So May of 2000, the trial begins in Houston. Holly testified. She cried the whole time. Gosh, that must have been so hard. And she had to point him out in the court. She was the last, yeah, she was the last one to testify. So she didn't have to see the photos or hear the testimony of the other Mm -hmm. victims, which was good. He's found guilty of capital murder and sentenced to death. Six years later, the state of Texas executed him by lethal injection, which is Super fast. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Normally, I mean, people are Most still people on are death years, row. years yeah, and years. Yeah. Holly did not attend the execution. Mm. So Holly is now married with two little boys. Mm. Her firstborn son's middle name is Christopher, which makes me tear up. And she's huge on self-defense. She's mm-hmm. a motivational speaker and has opened up Holly's house. In her hometown that serves as an advocacy center for victims of sexual assault and other crimes. She also wrote a book titled Soul Survivor, the inspiring true story of coming face to face with the infamous railroad killer. I read some excerpts of it and it's it's gut-wrenching, but it's very, it's very good. So I just Googled it. That's the the badass story. Of Holly Dunn. Who, and there's an audio book. Yeah. Let me listen to that on the plane. Gosh. Crazy. Crazy story that. Yeah. I mean, ugh. I hadn't heard about this. That is terrifying. Yikes. Completely terrifying. Again, it's kind of the same situation like your story. It's like you just want to hang out mm-hmm. and then it just. And there's just some. Goes. Freaking. Yeah. 
psychopath around the corner. It's you just. I watched just, a lot of, um, mm. you know, they had the I Survive. She was on that. Oh, that show's um, so good. They have a podcast now. Yeah, yeah. I've listened to a couple uh-huh. different podcasts and uh, watched a couple shows with her on it, and she just she's she's pretty badass. That's all I gotta say. God, that's the whole story is so sad. It's terrible, but. She survived. She's doing great things. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to link up Holly's house. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. So. All right. So to switch gears, we have some new patrons. We love it. We do. And I hadn't texted you all these yet because one happened today. I'm like, I'll save them. It'll be a surprise. So. Believe it or not, we have a Kentucky patron that just joined. Taylor J. from Kentucky. Thank you, Taylor. Diana P. from California. So another Californian. We love California. I'm looking at the state. You'll be our fourth. And Sarah B. from Tennessee. So Sarah is actually friends with our patron, Jamie, that I think we mentioned last week. Oh, cool. Yeah, thanks for spreading the word. So, Oh, yeah. And Mary. So, Mary, I sent you a message about your address just in case you haven't looked in a bit. But, yeah, if you want some stickers, send us your address. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. So, yeah, we'll get some goodies sent to you. We appreciate you guys so, so much. Patrons are the, I mean, we love all of our listeners, but to keep ads down to a minimum, which we try to do, patrons really, they're they're looking out for us. For sure, for sure. So... We actually got some goodies in the mail too, and you haven't seen these yet. No, I haven't. I sent you the picture, so I have the box. I have the box here. I'll let you open it. Oh, I'll let I don't you care. open it. No, I, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm blinded. I have opened it, so I know what's in there. Oh, these are so good. Yeah, so, I love a wax melt. I do too. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, we got a surprise in the mail, and it's from Latifa from, and this is the Instagram handle if y'all want to follow Gifted Wax Company. So she sent us some really cool wax melts. They're oh, called, these smell so good. Yeah. So I like the brown sugar a lot. Oh, and then is that even yours? Do you no, already we call can, it? <laughs> we can half them. We can half and half them. She's like, I already called no. the brown sugar. I meant to turn it on up here, but my wax melter is downstairs. So I was going to Oh, these test smell it. incredible. They all smell really good. We got sea salt. We got enchanted. We got a lot of goodies. But yeah, Freshly thank you, Latifa. Thank you so much. She is from South Carolina. Hey, you know what? I love South Carolina. Yes. She's opening brown sugar right now. That smells good. Oh, my God. We can just half them all down the middle. Yeah, we're just going to half these because you can't have this whole one and me not get any. (laughs) (laughs) So she was also kind enough to offer 15% off using promo code US of M. So U-S-O-F-M on her site. So go to her Instagram at Gifted Wax Company and check her out. We love small businesses. I mean, for real, do this, guys, because this – it's, what is that fresh pick? This is fresh. I haven't freshly smelled that picked. one yet. They all smell so good. They do. They really do. They really do. These smell way better than the one I got at Bucky's, <laughs> which smells good. Look, I love Bucky's. I do but love. Bucky's, I don't know about their wax, but melts. I've got a wax melt from there. No, these smell so good. Oh my god, they do. Thank you so much, Latifah. Thank you. That was I was Sam got the mail. He's like, you have. Is this what is this? Fan mail? I'm like, I don't know, but it's a box. It's exciting. Oh, my God. 
I'm smelling all of them. I have is. a migraine from smelling all these. <laughs> She's got her whole nose My in whole these. Faces in these. Oh, so you know how I was talking about the drag brunch at Charlie's last week? Yeah. They've already booked. Like, I, they're full. They're sold out. I was so bummed because we have a double header. So, yeah, Ashley and I are on a kickball team, laid back. And yeah, don't we, come for us. We're, 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 we're athletes. We're athletes. But we have a double header, so we weren't able to reserve a table. But I'm super excited Damn about it. it. We'll eventually go to we'll, one. We'll they'll definitely. Have more they'll the have more. I, we haven't been to a Charlie's brunch yet, but Mm-mm. I bet it's good. So yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the pictures on. That. I'm I'm super excited to see the pictures, and we'll have FOMO. I will have FOMO big time. Yeah, they're having karaoke tonight. I haven't decided if I want to go or not. <sighs> it's such a long night. I know my voice is already like. <laughs> I already sound like a frog. I'm sorry. No, you don't. <laughs> what else is going on? What have you watched? Anything fun? Well, no, I haven't watched anything. Did you watch the, uh, what is it, Inventing Anna? I have not. <gasps> Let me tell you, I was a little skeptical about really? watching it. Well, because I've seen all the documentaries yeah. and all the shit, it was really good. And then I, of course, had to Google all the updates about Inventing Anna. It's on Netflix, by the way. And she's fighting deportation. Huh. Because she says, you know, all the money that she's made from Netflix and the interviews and all that, she's paid all of her debts off. So why doesn't she get a fresh start? Why can't she stay? She's still very entitled. but Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, but you know, I had to consult my my gaggle of attorneys that I have (laughs) when all this. That I have on retainer when I was watching all this. And it's unanimous. She didn't break any laws. Hmm. It's not illegal. Had any of them seen the documentary or anything? One of them watched it with me. Oh, okay. The, the documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, not the Netflix right. docu-whatever with mm-hmm. the actors. Anyways, and he was like, it's not illegal to borrow money from somebody. If somebody gives you money, it's a gift. Like, you can't turn around and sue them. Mm-hmm. So... Hmm. Anyway, that's true. It's a good point. So, kind of like the Tinder swindler. Yeah, just technically speaking. Technically, right? Gosh, that is murky. It's very. I would feel like it's super muddy water. Yeah, I would think so too. We got a. Uh, we've gotten some DMs lately. Thanks for everyone who messages us and stuff. So Danielle said, "You guys should watch Ready or Not if you haven't already." What's it's that? so it's let me make a like note. She, I've seen it. I've watched. You have? It. Yeah. What's I, it on? Um, gosh, what did I? I don't remember. Maybe Amazon Prime. It's on something. You have it. It's ready or not, but it's a, it's a fun kind of horror film. It's kind of hard to explain. It's it's like a it's a scary movie, but it's also I don't know. It's I liked it. I enjoyed Just it. Stop. I'll watch it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's <laughs> you a, say scary movie. I'm sold. It's fun to watch for okay. being a scary movie. Okay. If that makes sense. It doesn't, but okay. <laughs> so Duran also messaged us. She said, weird question. Did you ever tell us in an episode how you both met? I don't re- ever remember hearing it. <laughs> well. We'll tell you, Drew-Ann. Let us tell you, Drew-Ann. So, so in the spirit of Lacey's story of meeting strangers, <laughs> I solicited Lacey <laughs> on Instagram and was like, hey, I know you don't know me, but this is true. I have a business proposition for you. This so is, do you want to meet true. me at 
Lucky's downtown in a public location. In a public location yes. on a Wednesday afternoon. It was. So I can pitch my my story to you that I my little business thing, and she's like, "I'm sure, stranger." <laughs> As I would. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest is history. The rest is That's history. how we met. It's funny because people ask that a lot. Like, where'd you guys meet? Where'd you meet? You guys have been friends forever. And we're like, not really, but yeah. <laughs> it's been a couple years. It's been a couple, couple years. Since 2019 yeah. now. But yeah, it was, it's worked out. It's, it's been great. Sam was like, what are you doing now? You're meeting about a podcast? What? <laughs> He's like, okay, good luck with that. <laughs> See, See, sometimes you meet a stranger. Yes. I, see, I'm and all it about works meeting out. strangers. <laughs> or as one of our friends says, collecting strays. Collecting You're strays. You're not a stray in this position. You're a purebred. Thanks. <laughs> but yes, that's how we met. That's I, how we met. I, on Instagram. Total stranger. Even, yeah. Messaged another total stranger. And I'm like, yeah, I'm down to clown. Yeah, and we're, we're going to be getting married. No, I'm playing. <laughs> Sometime we should do a meet and greet or something for local people at Charlie's. That would be that fun. That would be fun. Yeah, that would or definitely like be fun. That. Something if, like that. If you'd be into that, let us know. But what else we got going on? We got to record our Patreon episode next week. Next week? Week after? For April. For well, April. Yeah. Because I've, I found my case. We're covering- Really? Sp- we're doing spring break. Yeah. It's a- I found a wild update too. Okay, I'm good. not going to even tell you about it. So Lacey's doing update this- this month. Yeah, we're going to switch up. You're going to cover a story, spring break related. I'm going to do some updates or true crime in the headlines type yeah. things. And and if if you want to continue the uh, Ask Ashley segment, send <laughs> us in some questions. That's actually pretty fun. I do enjoy that. Was that was fun. Send That's us some fun. things you want to ask Ashley. It can be, do you need advice? Do you... I don't know. Do you want to give me advice? Do you want to give – or you just tell Ashley. <laughs> or just, just no. tell me. Be like, you need to get your life together. If it's not nice, I'll just throw it away. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. And if you want to support us in another way, you can leave us a review on Apple. That helps us a lot. It really does. I know you guys are like, God, with the reviews, but it, that it helps really us. helps us. You can even just give it, just give us some stars and say – this was You're cool. going to Taco Bell later. This was I don't cool. know what's your favorite we, thing we, on the Taco Bell. We menu. love Charlie's. Thanks for suggesting it. <laughs> Whatevs. Or tell us your favorite drink. We don't care. We Ooh, just yeah. it helps us in the weird algorithm that is Apple. Oh, another person uh, mentioned that they liked hearing some Southern voices, and I'm like, oh, thank you. I don't feel like we have an accent, but what I know accent? a lot of people think we do. I will say sometimes when I listen to your voice i'm like she is country me do i sound like cornbread you sound like you have a mouth full of cornbread it's gotten worse since i came back to arkansas it really has really yes i didn't have i was in this this southern in north carolina well i can believe that but i also was around people that were what's the word people that were out of towners that weren't from the south right so i feel like i i kind of Right. Sound more like who I'm with, not on purpose. It's just I don't know. so Lacey's a follower. No, I'm like, <laughs> I, I will start talking like you. <sighs> Anything else? We good? No, we're going to Vegas next week. We are, and we're in Nevada next week. Literally and figuratively. Literally, figuratively, all the things. We can't wait to tell you the scoop. Oh boy! Until we make it back and. Two pieces. Stay stay tuned for the pics. Stay tuned. The stories. Dun, dun, dun. It's going to be fun. It will be fun. All right. Bye. Bye.